This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 a ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakoven. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Happy Tuesday to all our On the Block listeners out there. I'm Jake Bokovan, and he is Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, and the NBA playoffs getting started tonight, at least the play-in tournament. So very excited to talk about that a little bit later. Lots going on. Um, I, I guess maybe not lots going on, I suppose, in Nebraska athletics, but still <laughs> lots to talk about, and we'll do plenty of that here uh, on the block. Uh, Strick, I, I also wanted to, to mention, by the way, Husker softball, which has been doing really good. They've, they've got like 15-16 game winning streak going. Uh, 14-0 lead after three over Iowa. Now, Iowa's not very good, but still Nebraska softball absolutely rolling. Uh, and also a, a little note here for the baseball side of things. Um, because of high winds and some some weather problems, they moved up the game. So if you're planning on going at 6.30 tonight, I believe first pitch is now set for 6.05. So just uh, keep that uh, in mind in your plans if that's what you're doing. Strick, uh, how are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, today's a, another good day. It's Tuesday, almost hump day. We're almost halfway through the week. Um, yeah, you know, though, Kudos. I mean, continue just thumbs up, power up for the women's softball team. They're doing their thing. They are blasting people right now. And so we hope that they would continue that process. Yes, as you said, uh, the the NBA playoffs, the playing game is maybe some intriguing little matchups that are going on there. Uh, Nebraska baseball is still struggling a little bit. So hopefully they can get that turned around this week as well. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some some coaching possibilities and maybe if uh, maybe we can just delve into the crystal ball a little bit and see if, if they would have been able to continue with that coaching uh, process that we had early on in that process, then maybe this could have been a whole different look, but we'll see. For, we'll, we'll see. We'll get in a discussion and you can text us about it at the Sauter Heyman text line at 402-464-5685. Yeah, and before we we jump into our topics here, I did want to kind of uh, you know just go over for, get to hit the text line for the end of the last show. We we're talking about ESPN today released a list of their top uh, 100 running backs in the last 60 years. Uh, so here in a second, I want to get at your opinion, Strick, on the best running backs that you've seen in college ball. This is, uh, but real quick, I wanted to get off to the text line. Somebody said Husker fan here, but Marcus Dupree should be top 10 unrealized talent at least at a Herschel Walker or Bo Jackson level. Uh, there's a great third. For thirty out there, and Marcus Dupree, um, Lawrence Phillips, the top. Uh, he says Lawrence Phillips, the top back in Nebraska history, not that close, makes him top ten at least. Um, as as you remember, Facts. the best corner. I mean, you were on campus with with Lawrence. Um, Facts. Was he on that Bo Jackson? <laughs> hey, hey, listen, there may level? not have been an Amon Green if he hadn't gotten in trouble. I mean, it would have been an Amon Green because he would have left. But at the same time, it allowed Amon Green to really step out into the forefront and do his thing. But oh, yeah. listen, Lawrence Phillips was the next. He was a next-level dude. There's no question about it. 
Yeah, and, and it, you you wonder how things would have played out. And, of course, Nebraska did win the, the championship. He could have came back for a senior for what it's worth. But, again, like you said, kind of opened up the door for Amon Green, who did end up on this list, too, in, in the mid-50s. Uh, Mike Rogier ended up at number eight on the list. Again, Barry Sanders, number one. Um, if you think about the best facts, you think Barry Sanders is number one. Yeah, facts. no problem there. The stuff he did on the field – yeah, it all that was all transcended. That thing carried over to the NFL. Yeah, he was he had the same thing a terrible line <laughs> line there at Oklahoma State and still he he basically went from terrible to terrible and still put up the numbers. So yeah, fact. yeah. I think I, I'd have to go back and look. I think he had at least at least two hundred, maybe three hundred against Nebraska one year, but Oof. Nebraska overcame and won. Um, but that was and, and again he came in and took Thurman Thomas's job, who ended up being a great in the NFL as well. So I think he was on that list even. So. When you kind of think about the best running backs, I'd put him right up there. Uh, our producer, Nate, says he'd take LaDainian Tomlinson over Barry Sanders. What, what do you think about that? Close comparison, Elise, or not really? Please. Not the same. Stop it. Not the same. Stop uh, it. Jeremy says Maurice Claret. The one year of Maurice Claret was awesome uh, when he took Ohio State the championship yeah, game. But. I, I, you know, being so low to the ground, a bruising type of back, um, yeah, he got he got the job done. I, I don't think I put him in the top 25. But. No. He, he definitely could probably fit on that list towards the you know, bottom half of the hundred. Yeah. When I think about the guys that I've seen since uh, about like 98, I was eight years old or whatever. Um, I'd probably go with Ricky Williams, Adrian, uh, Adrian Peterson. And, uh, you know, I think Melvin Gordon gets overlooked a little bit. I'd probably put him somewhere in there. Um, and Reggie Bush definitely would be pretty close. to. Yeah. Reggie Bush was special. And, and, and listen, there was a kid that you, a lot of people are forgetting about that was absolutely phenomenal out of Washington. His name was Napoleon Kaufman. Oh yeah. That kid was, he was, he was special too, you know, had a good career, um, had a good career with the uh, Raiders. Yep. Just, you know, just didn't want to play football anymore. Just had a different mm. life turn for himself and wanted to do something different, but he was, he was something special in college. Did he win a title at Washington or was he yeah. a little after that? Yeah. I remember yeah. they won the title like early nineties, 91, 90 or something yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, that's a, that's a good name that you don't want these names to get overlooked. A couple other uh, submissions here. Jeremy says, or we already mentioned Maurice Claret. Brev says Ron Dane, who took uh, who took Ricky Williams' all time rushing record Wisconsin. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely put him up. He there. was a big boy. Oh yeah, I mean back then, like he was like Icky Woods yeah. of college. You know, like just he hits the hole and you you look up and like. He's 230-something, 240, <laughs> maybe even 250. Yeah. He hits the hole as a linebacker. You're 220, 225 at best, and you're like, whoa. You know, get a little stop on him before he gets going because Ron Dane, yeah, if he hit the hole and, and he saw a safety, it was a wrap. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of think of, you know, the Derek, you know, I think he's probably not as muscular as Derrick Henry, but a big no, back like No, he probably Derrick. wasn't as muscular, but yeah. – he was big. He, he was, was big. big like that. I think yeah. Derrick Henry you'd have to put up there. Maybe, you know, he did win the Heisman. It's hard with the Alabama running backs. They all kind of just flow together with the yeah, best offensive lines I would in say, football. I would say Mark Ingram was probably, um, you know, one of the yeah. special ones. He won a Heisman. Because he, he, he did a lot of he did a lot of different things. You know, yes, those guys, they ran. And actually, there was like, when, when Henry was there, there was like three of them, like, you could rotate between all three of them. One of them, uh, gosh, oh, man, my name, oh, his name just dropped the ball on me. But they had like three running backs, and one of them was was special as a freshman, and he ends up getting injured like every year. I can't remember his name now. It's, it's dropping me. Yeah. If you know that name of that running back, 
um, that was in that core with Derrick Henry and the group. And was it just, Ten Penny? Uh, no, no it, it, I, it start, think it starts with a B. Maybe Bowman, Bowman, something. I can't remember. I kind of remember that big. He was a you know big what I'm guy. Yeah. He, yeah, he was a big. They were all three of them were like real big. Yeah. And but he he went nuts on some games, and he just he just continued to get injured, and, and uh, he made a he made a little little uh, spot in the NFL, but just couldn't stick because he just he just it just bad luck. Just continue yeah. to get injured. Uh, and it's yeah. frustrating to see that happen, but you know it, it's bound to happen to some guys, I suppose. That's the that's the game of football. I thought yeah. it was kind of funny, just kind of talking about the spring game, um, about you know playing two hand touch so nobody gets hurt. Um, my dad was like, "Well, if you don't want to get hurt, don't yeah. play football. That's that's don't football. play. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, don't that's play football. Yeah, that's hey, it's gonna that's gonna be a part of the game. That's hey, listen. Let's be real. That is a big reason to why I didn't play. Yeah. Because when I was in high school, I ended up like separating uh, my AC joint in my shoulder and it was my shooting arm. So I'm like, mm, you know, I think I'm going to chill out. And I started looking at the collective bargaining agreements for, for sports and what that looked like. And yeah, you know, they're making the good money on their signing bonuses now. But back then, yeah. you know, you might get a couple million, you know what I mean? Your contract wasn't going to be so and then they could let you go right after that i was like nah that's not for me i need a little bit more guarantee yeah that's nice there are there are some people that are fitting your boat where they could kind of choose some people just have to play football you know you yeah. you, you always i'm sure you've played with a lot of football players playing basketball there's you can always tell there's like a type it's like a type even when you go to the gym you're like that guy's a football player but he's athletic he can you know yeah. he can swat your shot he can you know do things that that most people can't athletically do but there's just something that uh, you just, you know, maybe it's his body type or build or whatever. He's Or he's just, it seems like sometimes just not coordinated basketball-wise, but could just drill you on the football field. Yeah, w- whenever people would see me um, after my years or even in my years, they would be like, uh, and they may not know. Yeah. Uh, because I'm 6'3", and, you know, I'm 6'3", kind of, I was stocky build, 225 I played at, 220, between 220, 225 as a, as a guard. And people would always say, oh, oh, you play football. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like no, I don't play football. <laughs> and I used to love it. I used to love it because I would get away with it if I just didn't want you to know what I did. Right. And so I was a weird dude, man. I would say stuff like they would ask questions because they would wonder. They're like, you know, you got to build like a, a somebody that plays sports. And they would ask, hey, do you play football? And I would could say, yeah. And I'd say, no, I don't I don't play football. And they didn't think basketball. Yeah. So then they would say, well, what do you do? And here's how my answer would be. I'd be like, I'm an entertainer. <laughs> oh, there you go. That really probably then, threw them for a loop. And then they didn't know, like, yeah. are you a stripper? Are you this? <laughs> I'd be like, no, I'm just an entertainer. Yeah. And so that way I could get away with it without kind of letting people know what I did. <laughs> do you ever give anybody an alias or say that you're a, a specific football player that you look like? Like, that'd be pretty no, cool. No, but you can get away way. with that, though, because the helmets, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I could literally say some stuff and you, what, what, what you going to do? I mean, <laughs> they didn't have social media. They didn't really have you know, they maybe you if you went to their and the websites weren't like, you know, like they are now. You can go there and kind of dig into who these particular players are. But yeah. back then, you know, if you didn't get the booklet or something like that, you know, <laughs> at the end of the game, 
how did you really know? Yeah. So and, and you know, I remember back in the 90s, too, even if you did get the booklet, it was like a black and white picture. I mean, you can't <laughs> right. really, really tell what's going on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's not helping too much. Um, yeah. I did want to mention a, a few things, though, before we get going. Um, the athletic department announced today a partnership with uh, Altius Sports Partners. Uh, this is another NIL-type uh, deal that they have. Of course, they already have uh, deals with Open Doors. They announced, of course, on Saturday. For money? Yeah, Some more, money? more money coming in. They announced Saturday they'll be paying all scholarship athletes up to uh, 5980 per academic yeah. year for academic progress, which uh, le- there's only like 22, you know, a handful of schools around the nation schools that, that are, were doing that. Are, and now, yeah. so Nebraska is now going to be a part of that too. I was a little bit surprised not to see them on the list because they are at the forefront of all this type of stuff. Um, but now they're going to jump into that. And that's what Trev Albert said too on Saturday yeah. at the spring game when there were reporters around him is that, you know, they're going to they're gonna find everything every way they can to be at the forefront of this NIL thing. And I just couldn't be, you know, happier that they see this as an opportunity to take advantage of in Nebraska more so than other places and to be at the forefront of it. Um, because I, I've said it for years that this, because this thing has been, you know, brewing for years. We've been talking about it um, before and, and you just never thought it would happen. And now when it does, it's like, okay, Nebraska can take advantage of this thing. Um, and uh, it looks like they're going to do so. Um, I also mentioned uh, in the previous show, Arch Manning, of course, course uh of, of the manning family and it's a great uh, upcoming prospect he could choose to go wherever he wants to um on three now has his nil valuation over two million dollars and uh he it's the money <laughs> yeah. so so basically your boy um uh johnny menzel when he was doing that oh, he yeah. was basically projecting something huh? okay <laughs> no but no w- w- I, the way that i love that trev is doing it and 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 i like this part of it because one thing that nebraska always can take um, credit for is having top tier academic excellence, right? People always say all the time, y'all Nebraska, the program, I was like, but, but wait a minute, there's actually academic excellence there. We probably got more academic All-Americans than any program mm-hmm. and we compete with Notre Dame and the likes of them. Oh, yeah. So, so they, people don't really understand that in Nebraska. And so what I like about it is that he's incorporating it with the academics of it. So that inspires you, yo, you want the money, you got to get the class, you got to get the books. It also, uh, I love the part of it for retention. And so you're talking about retention of the players, the academics of the players. And also now that they have to have certain criteria in in their program with the kids that are on the specific teams, they have to have a certain grade point average or you can lose. Oh yeah. Scholarships. Yeah. Right. So that's what I love and how you're incorporating that. It's inspiring them to to operate with a higher level of excellence in their academic. Well, for me, especially that, I mean, that's something that every student athlete's going to get the opportunity to do. I think sometimes when we think of NIL, yeah. we hear about Casey Thompson or, you know, the, kind of the bigger names and what they're getting. And we kind of think everybody's just making boatloads of money. But, you know, throughout the athletic department, there's, you know, a lot of student athletes. If you're not playing too much, hard to get much drummed up. If you if you can, sometimes it's just, you know, right. gift cards here and there, but not, nothing that's going to be. Uh, too helpful, life-changing wise, and you know, I, I know. Again, it's not. I guess this would be not a life-changing. This would be life-changing money, but in college listen, it might be. Over the course be. of a college, <laughs> yeah. Listen, the nice brew at the brass rail that you know you get a couple of them, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it does. <laughs> I mean, that... if you want to go to Amigos or you want to go down yeah. to Laszlo's and have you a nice little meal, shoot, at least you can do that. You can take your girl down there and have a nice little dinner now. Yeah, it you goes a mean? long way. 
Um, and, and again, it's for, and for me, you know, like every athlete can do it, but again, that's for just kind of like everybody that maybe is left behind in most of this NIL stuff. Right. Um, they can yeah, control it and, and still benefit off of it. And, and also the fact that that money is coming from the university, um, which is, which is loud. This is, this was kind of an overlooked type of Sweet. deal that helped happen during the NIL stuff as that got surpassed uh, or got passed by law. Um, this was also there and it just kind of got overlooked. And I was surprised that, that that happened because a lot of schools weren't taking advantage of it, but now count nebraska is one of them that is going to do it so uh that's very exciting stuff um i did want to get to this too um as we look at the top coaches in the big 10 of course scott frost has fallen in those ranks over the years very clear kind of what's going on with him um and uh and this is this is a prove it year i mean you got to win this year and his uh his salary matches that among the salaries i looked up in the big 10 i think he's uh tied with greg shiano for second to last only mike loxley will be making less money over there at maryland uh at 2.5 Five million. Scott Frost, Greg Schiano in there, about four. Um, recently, Jeff Brom over there at Purdue. Uh, got a bump there, and now he's up to $5.1 million. Um, he hasn't had a great run there. You know, there's been times where it looked like he was going to take uh, the Louisville job, and then there's been times where it looks like he was going to be left out in the cold and uh, not be the next up-and-coming coach. Uh, but th- then last year happened. They got nine wins, of course, two top five wins over Iowa and Michigan State, and so it was a pretty big deal for him, and I thought it was kind of cool to see him uh, get that. But the, the other thing that really stood out to me was the – idea beyond it and the the athletic director because i think brahm i'd have to look at the exact record um is has a barely a losing record overall at purdue um and so the athletic director kind of said we want to build like wisconsin like iowa who has stability you know program year in and year out big 10 players there and he thinks that purdue's kind of coming along in that in that fashion and it's just been count purdue in now as another team among the mix now i thought that that purdue was an outlier, right? They're more of a passing offense. Aiden O'Connell's going to do that again this year. Second in the so they don't, right. they don't look like Wisconsin or Iowa, but just to say that kind of surprised me. Um, and then it just kind of, you know, if that's their goal and I don't know if it's going to be, you know, they're going to run the ball more or anything like that. I think they're pretty comfortable in what they got there going with Brom. So it's not, you know, exactly the same identity that Iowa and Wisconsin has. But the Big Ten West is starting to get an overall identity of copy what Iowa and Wisconsin do. Uh, Minnesota certainly has done it. Had the biggest offensive line in the nation last year. And, well, you know, they'll have their uh, bring out two tight ends, and those two tight ends are actually offensive linemen. They'll have eight of them on the field basically at a time. Um, and so we kind of seen how that's going. Illinois went to Brett Bielema, who was an original Wisconsin head coach, has won three Big Ten titles there. So the Big Ten West is kind of moving in that direction, and I guess you can count Purdue into it, is just kind of the copycat league of Iowa and Wisconsin. Now, you can have an argument about whether that's great for those teams individually as far as reaching the top end. Uh, some people think that that style of football kind of has a ceiling to it, and, and maybe we've seen that with Wisconsin over the years. But do you think Nebraska's in a little bit of uh, getting left behind type of mode without uh, really clinging to that? And, and, and for what it's worth, I think it's an identity that they, that Iowa and Wisconsin took from Nebraska originally, right? The Kind of this Midwest, we'll, we'll pound out you know yards and, and tell you where we're going. We're going to run right at you. We'll have a hard-nosed defense, and that's kind of the recipe. 
And Nebraska's kind of been since uh, Frank Solich, and we'll get to that here in a second too, has kind of gone away to, from like that into let's get the West Coast offense in here, spread offense, and we can recruit different, you know, better athletes than all our competitors on the outside, and it's going to work out this way or that way. And they just maybe need to get back to Smash Mouth football um, because the rest of the division's doing it. They're getting a head start on them. Well, yeah. I mean, that's 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 the way it's looking. I mean, not only are they doing it, they're trying to do it in that method. They may not necessarily go to an all-out assault on the ground game, but they, they're they're definitely looking to do it in other aspects too. Because you know, at 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 one point, the stadium was considered to be one of the worst in the Power Five. So, oh, yeah. they're trying to do some stuff with their turf. They're trying to do some stuff with their um, their meal and and their um, their basic training table. They're doing things within their medical facility. There's been people that have stated that their medical facility is some of the worst that I've ever seen. Uh, I think Michigan at one point where Jim Harbaugh had an injury uh, with a player, they went in there and basically just lambasted the place. Uh, They're trying to do it in so many different ways with their tunnel. They're trying to provide a different experience for their, uh, for their fans. So they're also trying to upgrade in those aspects of, of their, of their program as well. And so it, it, this will help in recruiting if you're going to do it. You're seeing the success that they're having on the basketball side of things. They're trying to create a holistic program in which there's success throughout the program in all aspects of their of their sport. They're doing very well in volleyball. They're doing they're they're starting to increase their their print in the Big Ten, and they're just trying to you know lock it down in the football side of things as well. Yeah, and, and I read that too as part of the deal for Jeff Brom as he moves into the future uh, is going to be an expanded amount of money that he can use on assistance. So, they, I mean, like you said, Rossade Stadium getting an upgrade. Um, they're, this is the Big Ten money kind of coming through and something that I thought would happen um, over the years as, as the Big Ten continues to uh, get the best TV deals. And we hear about the next one coming, coming around the corner. Um, you know, these middling teams in the big 10 can start to raise their profile, start to have better facilities. Uh, and Purdue certainly is basically that team, right? They're, 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 they're the kind of maybe kind of middle of the pack type of team in the big 10, maybe towards the back as, as a, as an overall team. Um, and I, I the think block, the West, the West is really open. I mean, oh, yeah. it's literally the wild, wild, it's the wild, wild west in the Big Ten. I mean, Nebraska has not taken its onus of that part of the of the conference, right? They haven't basically just stuck their hands in and said, this is ours. We're taking the gold. You know what I mean? We're owning this space. And they've allowed Iowa, they've allowed Wisconsin to dominate this side of the of the conference. And other teams are seeing that, you know, Northwestern and and, and as you said, like Minnesota and these guys are looking at this like there's opportunity here. We need to go in and grasp it. And so that's that's why they're trying to raise raise their abilities and their profiles in the in the, in the West. Yeah, and, and and it's it's it seems open, right? It's not one of the best divisions in sports, but it's, right. it's got an identity to it. Um, you wonder if Nebraska, instead of going against that identity and trying to find any which way, you know, they they got the best. I mean, Nebraska is going to claim to have the best this and that and, and recruiting and all that stuff, but it just hasn't turned over on the football field. And again, you know, it's 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 limited here as you talk about, you know, just you know, is it is this a Nebraska problem or a Scott problem? problem in this case right I mean you know sometimes it's just going to be the head of your program but I do think if this Scott Frost thing doesn't work out I've said it for years and I said it before the Scott Frost hire I'd like to see uh 
hire somebody, maybe like, you know, maybe not Brett Bielema, but a Brett Bielema type that's going to bring back smash mouth football and hard nosed defense to this, um, to the Midwest. I mean, that's how teams are winning. And that's the blueprint that Nebraska showed everybody how to win in the Midwest. Um, and I just think Nebraska's gotten too fancy for themselves. And that's a great uh, launching point to our next discussion. Frank Solage uh, was honored over the weekend. Um, you know, they had to kind of put it off because of the COVID thing in, in the past year. He didn't coach this past year, but he's the all-time Mac leader as far as wins goes. And so I just wanted to throw this out there. I'm, I, I was not against the Frank Solage firing when it happened. I understood everything that happened in it. So this is just a, a different world, right? I'm picturing or I'm painting a picture for you. Nebraska never lets Frank Solage go. They keep him all the way up until modern times, let's say this this upcoming season. Uh, keeping in mind, he is, uh, he is the all-time winningest coach in the MAC. What do you think the Nebraska program would have looked like over the last 20 years? Uh, we'll talk about that. It's kind of a fun uh, fun little exercise we got going here based on Frank Solich and really in honor of Frank Solich uh, for what he's been able to do over there at Ohio. But does any of that translate back to Nebraska? We'll talk about that next year on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 